want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to start Click. the pot. What's up, guys? James Gutman here on High Pod. I'm Dad. Welcome back to another edition of the show. The last edition was... I don't know when the last edition was. It's been a long time since I've last done a High Pod. I'm Dad. Dot com. If you found me there or any of the streaming services podcast, it is still available everywhere. All the archives, all the things I've done, all the things from this podcast have been available. The only thing that has not been available has been me. And I'm here now. Uh, and one of the things I wanted to do is I wanted to go over it. I wanted to explain where I've been. I want to talk to you guys about some of my ideas going forward, some of the reasons I did this. All right. First and foremost, before anything, I definitely want to rebrand this podcast at some point. Uh, I was thinking about it. It wasn't really the right time to do it yet, but it's been in my head. Uh, eventually, nothing will probably change. You'll still probably be subscribed and all that. Might change the name. Might change the logo. We'll talk about it when it happens. I'll still be here. Maybe we can update, have people on, do all sorts of different stuff with it. A lot of new ideas. Up until now, this podcast has been something that has been therapeutic for me. It allows me to come out here and talk. It allows me to come out here and kind of just spout it out. And this has been, I don't know, it was just part of my life, uh, my entire adult life. I've been doing this since I was 25 years old. I began writing on September the 23rd, 2002. I covered the Monday Night Raw. That happened that night. It was the first night. Randy Orton jumped from SmackDown made his Raw debut. That tells you how long ago it is if you follow wrestling. It's been forever and a day. Later on that week, I wrote my first ever column. Again, it was about pro wrestling. It was about Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he wrote to me about that first article. And that was the introduction I got to how powerful the internet really was and how much people read your stuff and how many people you can reach and how many things you could talk about. And it made me excited. It made me excited about writing. It made me excited to get just into the world of doing this. And since then, I have written for magazines. I've written for newspapers. I've been on XM Radio. At one point, you guys know Mauro Ranallo. I was his wrestling guy when he did the MMA show. I've written for Pro Wrestling Illustrated, WWE Magazine. I've written for everybody I wanted to write for. And then when I was done writing about wrestling, I transitioned. I wrote about my son. I wrote about autism. And I was on Autism Speaks and Yahoo and Love Women. All these great sites that I got a chance to write for. I have always loved writing. And one of the things that comes with writing is podcasts and audios. And that's something that I love as well for almost a different reason. When I write, it's a stream of consciousness. If you guys ever saw me write, it looks kind of bizarre sometimes. If I'm writing straight from my head, this used to happen, especially when I covered wrestling and I was reviewing shows as they happened, I would lean my head back, I would close my eyes and I would type. And it, it was almost like... Um, playing the piano, the way it would come out. It was weird. I remember people would be like, what are you doing? I'm writing. You get really into it. it. It's a zone. And I could shut everything out, focus on what's in my head, and just get it out. Podcasts and audios are similar. Stream of consciousness. I have no notes. I've never, 
I've never really had notes. That could be a problem. <laughs> There's been times where I've had to talk about news stories that I've had to do bullet points. But for the most part, something like this, I'm just telling you guys a story. It's as if we're in, you know, Starbucks together and you don't talk a lot. So I just kind of hear some stuff about me. So I just talk and I just get it out and I explain myself and I love to do it. And I've been doing this again since like 2004 when I did my first audio update. I used to call them uh, JG's audio ish of the week. And I had all these different things with it. And I've done uh, radio free insanity and audio reports and transition here with HiPod. I love doing it. And it's a different kind of outlet for me because with writing stream of consciousness, but then you go back and you edit it and you fix it and you shine it up and you make it look nice. This is straight up. This is what's in my head. Um, the things that I say, if they're funny, they're they just came out. If they're not funny, it's sorry to deal with it, but this is who I am. So it's really just an, an unfiltered version of myself. When it comes to writing, I can, I don't want to say fake it. Fake it, I think, is a negative way to look at it. I know in the wrestling world, you don't say fake. So predeterminate, and I don't think that works either. But you can write, or I can write about something that makes me happy while I have negative things in my head because I go back later on, I fix it, I don't edit. But when bad things are happening or where difficult times are happening, these audios are not so easy to do. This whole like, what's up, guy? That's not, that's not something you can do if you're miserable. It's not something you could do if you're unhappy. And between me and you, the end of 2022 was miserable. It was difficult. It was hard. And it was something that proved to me, to myself, that I could withstand a lot of things. I'll give you guys a quick background without going too into the weeds on it. Um, my goal when I started writing about my son was to reach as many people as I can, speak to as many people as I can, get information to people who might need it. But I never really wanted to monetize it. I'm not really, if you notice, there's not a lot of ads on it. Um, you know, I have, I have things for sale. We have a shop, but I'm not really like, buy my shop. Like, I mean, please buy my shop, but don't, is that the term? Buy my shop? Where the hell like, whatever it is, whatever you buy from it, buy it, but I'm not going to, you don't have to. It's all right. Same thing with Patreon, all these things. Do them if you want to do them. Don't do them if you don't want to do them. They're there, but I don't, I'm doing this because I kind of feel like I need to do it. I love to do it. Even on weeks where I'm busy, where I'm, overwhelmed, I try to always do the blog post. Every once in a while, I might re-release an old one on a holiday because holidays don't do as well. And I remaster it and I put new links and new pictures and things like that. But for the most part, I always try to get through this and not, you know, not put it off to the side. My biggest thing is, is high blog and, you know, writing about my son and my daughter and my life. When I started writing outside of it, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to really focus on writing as a career. And being able to, because up until now, I've been doing it, but I was picky and choosy about what I did. But I said, you know, I'm going to write about things. I worked for Foundnet and The Richest, and you guys know I was writing for that Vegas site for a while. So I've written and been the editor of a number of different sites and done a lot of great editing work. In October of last year, I was offered a job that I thought was going to be the best job ever. I was so excited. I'm like, this is it. It was this natural ascent. Um, it was a great place. I was, well, at least I thought it was, and it was fantastic. But I, as soon as I got this job, I found out that my position was brand new. It had never existed before. And I started to get the vibe that some people didn't want that job to exist, or at the very least did not want them to go outside of the company to find somebody for that job. And I felt it immediately. Just a few weeks into this 
position that I felt uncomfortable with the whole time. There was a major shakeup on top and my job was done within a month. So I went from building up, you know, a writing career that I had done, you know, since I moved out, I'd written about this in the past. You guys who follow me on Instagram, hi, James Gutman, you can see some of the things I post when I put new work out there. I had been building it up and I was excited about doing it. So now here we were, it was a month before Christmas. Canned, no job, nothing. And it wrecked me. It wrecked me because I never understood when people would say like, I got fired right before Christmas. The immediate thought is like, oh, you can't afford Christmas gifts. I could afford Christmas gifts because I put money aside. I was going to buy Christmas gifts. It's not that. It's that nobody is hiring at all before the holidays. You were waiting to the new year and it was, it was a waste on people weren't in the office. It was just wasted time, wasted time. I did you know a couple of little odd jobs, freelance work, but I really... And I was freaking out. My lease was coming up. All these things were happening that I had to worry about. And in the midst of it all, my car died. Dead. Um, and there I was. No job. It was after Christmas, right after the new year. No car. And I couldn't bring myself, honestly, to come on here and do these podcasts because I did not... I didn't... Not only did not sound the same, I probably could have faked the voice. Hey, guys, you could do that all day. Um, but the topics are going to be whack, you know. Today's topic, what do you do when you're so miserable you want to jump out the window? Like, nobody wants to hear that, dude. Nobody, they want to smile for real. Smile like you mean it. It's hard to fake it like that. So I didn't do these podcasts. Now, I had a plan the whole time, what I was going to do after the new year, going to get myself back together, and I did. And that's why I'm here now. It's now March. I love it when a plan comes together. I posted that on Instagram uh, as part of my story. People are like, what is that? It's, I love when a plan comes together. I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get everything in order. I laid it on the line, spreadsheets, things like that. And now I could say that, honestly, I did it. It's good. I crawled out of it. Uh, it didn't destroy me. But for a while there, I was worried. You know, I, I was worried about where I was going to end up. I was worried about what was going to happen, where I was going to live, how I was going to do these things. And everything just, it got fixed. And I'm proud of myself for it because the worst thing about all of this has been that this is not who I am. I don't ask people for things. I don't like to do that. I've always been kind of, you know, I want to take care of myself. Don't worry. I got it. It's all right. You guys know I'm estranged from my family that I was around growing up. I don't have that safety net at all. I don't have anybody that I can go through. I just got divorced. So whatever families did, I don't have that. So it was really just, you know, it was worry all the time about what was going to happen next. But I knew I could do it. I knew that if I stayed strong and kept pushing forward, I was going to be able to not only crawl out of it, but I've been you know, planning how I was going to do it. I was going to be better than I was before, which I am now. I'm better than I was before this thing happened to me, um, just financially and securely and all these things. But the issue is timing. And that was my concern the whole time. And that's what used to eat me alive because sometimes you sit there and you go, hey, I'm gonna, this is going to happen and I'm going to have money. Oh, but wait, when do I get paid for this? Okay, I have to do what? Are they going to let me? I owe these people, but can I? are they going to be mad at me? Am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be a fee? And it would, it would just eat, eat away at my brain all the time. Um, so I didn't. I didn't do these podcasts because I knew that it would come off in a negative way. And now it's not negative anymore. I'm back and I'll tell you, Here's the thing, and here's the silver lining, because that's who I am, right? I do these, I do the silver lining things. I do it. My son is nonverbal with autism, and I just wrote this week about why I'm grateful for it. And I'm sure people are like, what? Yeah, no, grateful. 
what do you mean grateful? And if you read it, you'll see. I want my son to be able to, and I'll jump on this real quick because this is important, because I think that sometimes when people hear about silver linings and people who try to find the bright spots, they think you're pretending. They think that you're making stuff up, that you're searching for a silver lining. But they're real. They're real silver linings. When it comes to my son's autism, I, for him, wish that he had the capabilities to speak. His life would be easier. He would understand things more. People would interact with him in you know, more concrete ways. Uh, and his journey through life would be easier as he got older. But that's not what's happening. He has autism. He has severe autism. He has these things. So me appreciating the parts of that autism that make him a wonderful kid doesn't in some way say that I also like that, you know, he can't, you know, adequately use silverware or, you know, be able to live on his own. That's not, I'm, I'm not happy that he has to struggle with those things, but this is who he is. It's here. So I could either just say, there's, there's negatives to this. I can't ever talk about it in any other way besides negative. No, this is a part of his personality. So here's the benefit of it. And I wrote about it in the blog post. The benefit is that my daughter, when she was little, used to follow me around the house. I want to play games, watch TV, and even writing about it, I kind of get sad about it because I do miss those days. And I miss when she was like truly, truly my best friend. Like she's great now. We talk and we have an adult relationship where like she'll tell me things and I give her advice and we watch TV. But it's not when she was like six, seven years old. Those were, in hindsight, some of the, you know, the best times I ever had. My son is just about 12. He still follows me everywhere. He still wants me to hug him. He still wants me to sit with him. He still wants to show me things. And that, that's the benefit. That's the silver lining. And it's real. It's not made up. Same thing with this. Same thing with having the rug pulled out from underneath me in one of the worst possible ways between the car and the job and all these other things. The silver lining was, I now know that I can do it. We all think like that, right? We're all like, if push comes to shove, man, and I got to put everything aside, I'm going to do it, man. I don't care. Like, I'll do whatever it takes. But you don't know until you have to do it if you're going to do whatever it takes. I now know I'll do whatever I have to do to make things work. Every week when the kids would come during my half a week, I would rent a car. You know, I'm actually still in the process of doing it now. I'm about to buy a car. But in the meantime, I have to rent a car whenever the kids are here. It's expensive. I have to get to the car. Even when it comes to saving money during some of those really lean times when I was concerned, there were some times where I would buy food for the kids. And they would come, they would eat the food, they would leave, and there would be no food. You know, I was eating a lot of, a lot of toast and things like that. All these things that we, we think about, you know, or these stories you hear from people, well, back in my day, we used to eat toast and we used to go, you know, walk to work, you know, and then you do it. You do it and you know you can do it. So now I know I can do it. On top of it, and I did write about this too, my daughter who I was concerned was going to have issues with Elise, has been fantastic. There were times where she stopped asking me to buy her things all the time. She understood when we couldn't get things that we used to get. We used to order food all the time. We didn't order food for a while. And now, what's funny is, now that it's all over, I said to her, I'm like, do you want to just order food? We can order. She doesn't even want to. It's not like it was before. A lot of those things that became a habit, we washed ourselves of. And I feel like we almost reconnected with what's important in this house understanding what's important, understanding what you need. And all you really need is um, each other, you know, a few things. You need to be able to eat meals, you know, <laughs> so there has to be meals and transportation. But a lot of the extras, you know, things that I'm surprised by. My my kids have had, you know, a semi-charmed kind of life. Like they've had a lot of the things that they that they love and that they want. And 
you worry. You're like, are they spoiled? Are they demanding? And she's not. She's not. And I'm happy about that. I learned that from this process. I learned how much I'm willing to work. I learned what I'm willing to do. You know, I, I did anything that I had to earn money. I worked freelance jobs. I worked jobs that weren't even writing. I went out there and I tried to do whatever I could. And I made it work. And I'm so proud of myself for it. And I feel like the person I am today is so different than who I was even a year ago in terms of what I'm willing to do and how I view myself and my capabilities in terms of taking care of my family, taking care of myself and my own personal belief system. You know, I believe in hard work and I believe in doing what needs to be done to move forward. And now, because of the situation, I know that I can. So I'm excited. So it's a good thing. It's a different day. Also, on top of it, man, I don't, I really don't stress anymore now. Like during this whole process, and I'm shocked by it. I think there's certain parts where I was like, I'm kind of worried about myself. And I said this to people too, like, what do you mean worried about yourself? Sometimes I say things that just bug people out and I don't even realize I bug them out. I'm like, uh, uh, it's a little scary. I'm a little worried. They're like, what, are you, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, well, I mean, I should be freaking out, right? Like, I'm, I'm screwed. I don't have a job. I don't have a car. I don't have these things. And I'm eerily calm. And I've kind of been calm throughout this process because there's certain points during all this where there was nothing I could do. I was doing everything I could. I was sending out applications. I was waiting for things. Unemployment, I'm still waiting to get unemployment from four months ago. Uh, they said they should be calling the next few weeks. It's from another state. It's awful. So all these things worked against me and there was nothing I could do. So I had to accept it and I had to deal with it. And I did. And I didn't freak out and I didn't get mad and I didn't throw a little fit and all these other things, which is crazy because I think back to all the times where I dealt with such lesser situations that would cause me to freak out. And that I think is the biggest lesson in all of this. I made a promise to myself in 2012, after my quintuple bypass, after this surprise heart surgery and heart attack, that I was gonna work on my stress levels. And I did. And the me in 2021, 2020, was so much better than me in 2010, 2011, but he still wasn't all that chill. There were definitely things that still worked me up and still got me to a certain place. And now, I don't know, man. You know, I get worry a little bit, like, you know, a little anxious here and there, but nah, it just is what it is. If this happened, this thing that I just went through, and I was able to get through it and bounce back better than I was before, there's nothing I can't do. I'm good, you know? We'll get through anything. I'll get through anything with my son and my daughter, myself. I'm here for the long haul, and I'm going to do everything I can to not only live the best life, but to give you guys the best audio shows that I can, the best blogs that I can. And that's why I'm back here today, because I have ideas. I have very real things that I want to make happen, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to make them happen. Um, I don't know. To quote Johnny from the Karate Kid movie, 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. I'm a senior. I got one year to make it all work. And that's what I'm going to do. Make it work. It's not really relevant at all. I'm not, I'm not a senior tomorrow morning. Um, and I got more than a year, but you get the idea. Karate Kid references can never go wrong with that. I'm good to go. Guys, thank you for coming back. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, I have so much more on the way. I'm going to be back next week. You hear me? Listen to me. I'm going to be back next week. We'll talk again. We'll go over some stuff. Be sure to check out the blogs, highblogomdad.com. Follow me on all social media. Hi, James Gutman. That's me. 
I appreciate it, guys. So glad to be back. Until next time, this is James Gutman saying be well. Bye, pod. I'm down.